0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Love Not Fear podcast. I'm David Hensel, and together with my co-host, Eduard Brink, we're on a mission to learn how to make decisions out of love and not out of fear in life and in business.
1: I'd like to talk about embracing renewal, the art of letting go and living forward. And all right, yeah, we've been I'm an expert about at this, this uh... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> for you, it's an interesting topic.
0: Yeah, so w- with my Aphantasia condition, it's fairly easy for me to be very present, not be in the past, and um, not dwell on these things. Do you want to jump into this straight up, or you want to talk about it on a,
1: yeah. in a general? I want to dive into it, because from what I've heard, this is super interesting. Um, basically, what you're saying is that your backpack is always empty, that you live in the now and, yeah, that seems forced,
0: like... Forced. I'm doing forced yeah. now So, I'm actually working on a presentation called, with the title of Aphantasia. Is it a disorder or a superpower? And um, in terms of, I said, moving forward and letting go and not having uh, trauma or things in your backpack, as you say, for me, this is not even an option because I cannot properly remember things because I'm not able to recall images in my head. This is where the word aphantasia is coming from. English A, without, and then Greek for fantasy or or images. Mm -hmm. So I'm living without images in my head, and I also cannot re-conjure up sounds, tastes, smells, or emotions from the past. So when I think of something bad that happened, I don't feel this, as as I see in, in other people, that really suffer from things that happened in the past.
1: But does it also mean that you hardly revisit the past?
0: Yes, not not that much. Like I, when people like survey me of like how my experience was on something, it's for me it's really hard. Because for example, I you know for example our EBC event in, in Bodrum. When I think back to this, you know, it's like about the food. I remember it was like a seven or eight out of ten. They had vegan stuff. And this is like kind of what I remember about this, you know, and other people I know can like even re-experience the tastes or smells of things, even if they're in the past, you know, which I'm absolutely not capable of.
1: But then, then tell me, what are the triggers of, for you to change course?
0: It's pure logic. For example, when my father died, when I was 12, I told myself, this is nobody's fault. It's nothing I can do. It this world is, I'll just move on. And that's that. Or when I decide to stop drinking alcohol, I woke up with a huge hangover
1: in the mm-hmm. morning
0: and I looked into my wallet and saw how much money I spent. And I was like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's not worth it.
1: And it's it's the it's- sum of not emotions, but current events that tell you what is the wise next step.
0: Yeah, I guess I can logically make a decision. I'm not held back by past memories or emotions. For example, people, I can't remember how it feels to be drunk. Mm. You know, I know logically what you read about, you know, you're like whatever, you're, you're tipsy or whatever. And like when you lay down on the bed, it, it spins, but I cannot feel it again. So I also, or like with food, I cannot, you know, people like crave certain foods. Like, oh, I want to eat this again. That yeah. doesn't happen, you know. So it's, for me, it's very easy to let go.
1: Yeah. And, it must, and then it's also easier to live in the now. I mean, yeah. what I want want to talk about is making room for new events, for new emotions, for new energy by letting go of things that happened in the past. We cannot change what happened in the past, but we can change the story about how we think about it. And in time, you can even take a bad event and remember it in a positive way from what you've learned from it. It could be that it was the the pivot into a new venture was losing a job can mean a better job came along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the old story. Everybody's listening to this podcast is, is definitely diving into own emotions and past thoughts. So that's why it's so interesting, especially when you said, okay, hmm, preparing for this. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't have all these things. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I still have like, for example, if I think about the death of my mother, for example, you know, if I really dig in deep and think about like, oh, I don't have her anymore, you know, she was such an amazing person. She would be living here with us in Bodrum right now. She'd be retired. She would like, my daughter would learn so much from her. Then I would, you know, not be in a great mood. I would not really suffer, it, but not be in a great mood. But when I, you know, turn it around and see it from the perspective of like, I'm so grateful that I had this amazing person in my life taught me so much you know i'm I'm, you know other people have like no mom from the start or a bad relationship with their parents so i'm super super grateful and then i'm you know basically if you change the way you look at things the things you look at change i'm in a better mood versus like pulling myself down
1: yeah i have found that too that in the right time in the right mindset everything you lose becomes something that you're now profoundly grateful for and becomes a part of you yeah true i i told you i i lost uh, one of my best friends when i was a student right Yeah, I shared this story. I started a business with this guy, and I came back from a two-month trip in uh, in South America, and we were about to start this venture, and then he committed suicide. And my whole world was rocked, and I couldn't think straight for uh, basically half a year, I guess. I felt completely broke. And by revisiting that event by making lifelines a couple of times and by i cannot talk to it and have grateful memories and have good memories about this friend and the good times we had and i couldn't do that for a long time it took me uh, i think it took me 15 years that i could not speak about this or even with mu- mutual friends and now i can and i'm in a much much better place so this got me going where else does this apply
0: well i would like to unpack so talk about this a little more that's very drastic and can't imagine like if this happens, you know, like you also like blame yourself, you know, like what could I have done? Why didn't I see this? How could I have helped him, etc. right? This must be yeah. something, something really, really terrible. I don't know if I shared this before, but with my grandma passing away, did I talk about the story?
1: No, not on a podcast anyway.
0: So my grandma and I, my, my father passed away when I was 12 and my grandma basically raised us. My mother was a doctor. She was pretty busy. So my, my grandma raised us. And I was very close with my grandma, and she, you know, I was her favorite grandson, and and, and vice versa, she was my favorite grandma. And we had, like, this this extreme bond. And um, over the years, the older she got, she developed this pretty annoying trait, or however you want to call it. Let's say I'm visiting her, and I'm leaving the house, and I'm not saying goodbye, because I'm on the phone or whatever. Then she lays up all night, thinking about, like, what did she do wrong, you know, that I didn't say goodbye. You know and mm-hmm. this was really strenuous with every relationship that she had and also especially strenuous for her so it got worse and worse and at some point we moved to los angeles and you know i still had like regular contact with her calling her up and stuff right but when i went through a very difficult time where business was going really well and was like super busy and my mother just had passed away and my daughter was born two weeks after no my daughter was born then my mother passed away two weeks later and it was like the crazy, craziest time in my life. It was like so busy, so much to do. And I was in the process of buying a house in LA and I was in the process of selling a house that I owned with my brother in Germany. So it was just like really overkill. And I didn't call my grandma for quite some time. And cause I was just like overloaded. And then I was talking to my brother on a zoom or Skype call back then. And my grandma walks into the picture. And mm-hmm. wants to talk to me and i already had my next meeting in the office not in the office building like standing in my office room next to me you know wanting to, to start and I already already overdrew and i said like i, I can't talk right now i'll we'll talk later and i hung up and that night she died from a stroke oh yeah um, and you know knowing her knowing her like i don't wanna call it like the way how she she operates i knew that this definitely contributed to her passing away because she like freaked the heck out over this yeah you know her favorite doing that to her and so you know that then it comes to guilt you know like what do i do with this guilt and Mm -hmm. i thought you know it was definitely weighing on me you know thinking about it on on a regular basis and you know, kind of holding me back from my you know having being able to operate the way i operate because i was like carrying this rock on my shoulder And so I thought, you know, what is, because I can remove myself from the emotions and thinking about it logically. And I thought, beating myself up over this doesn't help anybody, right? It's not fair to, or it's my business partners, businesses, employees, towards my wife, towards my daughter, because I can't function the way I function. So I decided to put this rock of guilt down and Mm. um, accept that I could have contributed to this. And I thought about, you know, how to deal with guilt in general. And I think like guilt is always something say i mess up and i do something that pisses off my wife if i feel bad about this doesn't right. help her a bit but they will right. think about like what can i do to make sure this never happens again what can i do to fix this situation and mm. i'm not in the victim position or in this like negative state and i turn this around and become solution oriented then it's a much better way of dealing with guilt and acting out of love being this positive emotion versus like being in this negative state of of fear and then like you know like take action and do things that prevent us in the future or, or fix things so yeah, I think it's like goes really well into our topic of letting go and moving on. And
1: At the moment when that happened, you were being your true self. You needed to be somewhere. You had prior engagement, so it wasn't out of character. That's the hard part, that sometimes it is easy to miss these warnings. And it's most often when everything quiet shuts down, it's on the borders of the day for me when things start to fall in perspective. Hey, this one soundbite, this one comment could still linger of this one thing you you heard. Is this an opportunity? How should I take this? What was meant with this? And I find this very, very interesting that to, to develop a radar for these elements and to have it like hit pause, when is the right time not to miss signals and do pick them up and what is the right moment to do that? Because everything in your life that is, is not supposed to be there, I'm trying to see uh, how I can make it not affect me at all, that I even don't have to do the, the work of letting go, and mm-hmm. this this is a very interesting. So, who, who is it? Who are you? Uh, who are the ones that that have access to to you? Who are the ones that you talk to uh, with most? Who are the ones that you want to interact with? And it tells a lot of where you're going based on the past. So I'm struggling is, at the moment with this concept of of.
0: So for me, it's memory. always building systems, also with afantasia. You know, because I my brain operates differently. It's like always building logical systems, and I've built lots of systems and crutches to be. Mm-hmm a functional human being, yep. right? And to be the best father, best entrepreneur, best self that I can be. And thinking about what you just said is, uh, I guess, like also building a system around this to write down, for example, my, my wife and I, we have a Trello board where we have our regular meeting. And if I would have a conflict with her, I would write it down in one of the cards, you know, when we have a family meeting so we can talk about this, Okay, how this happened, etc. So I guess like taking notes on things for me, I forget. I don't know if this is the same with, with with other people, but that I can then revisit it and um, and cl- clear out and say like, hey, is this, this is this okay? Or re- reflect on it again because like there's so much stuff going on that, um, I may forget
1: yeah it's interesting you're the second one this week that told me that they have regular meeting likes of encounters with their spouse so that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) i cannot picture myself doing it but it's interesting that you mention it
0: i mean this is how managing happiness was born originally because my wife and i have had a lot of friction Mm -hmm. and realized like uh, this was due to not having clear roles and responsibilities and then one day we sat down and we spelled them out yeah. And then we had like weekly meetings. We took our, all the things that work in business and applied it to our, our personal lives because it's yeah, you know, we, we spent a gazillion dollars as a society on making businesses operate better and better. And businesses yeah. are just like families, groups of people that want to be aligned and want to share common goals and want to have good communication and not right. And so I think it's just like makes all the sense in the world to apply these things to
1: I've become way better in steering away, not having things escalate in my own life. And I think retrospectively, it is the affirmation kind of of tool. So why is it that we are not ending in this fight? So Mm. it makes me reflect on what is important. Do I really want to make this point at the expense of someone else? Could I live with this or not? And I found that if you give in at certain times, then you have more in the credibility bank to draw from Mm. later when you really need it. But mm-hmm. I guess that's just gray hair and years <laughs> of experience. Okay. But the
0: emotional bank account is definitely a real thing with partners, yeah. with customers, with like you know friends. you yeah. like, always make sure you yeah. deposit more than you withdraw.
1: Ah, uh, this is a whole new topic by itself because, as we all know, making the deposits in that bank is is the best thing. It's even better than taking it out. Let's let's that's do one. Uh, let's do one. On, yeah, it's, on it's a good one. Like uh, the yeah.
0: emotional bank account. That's that's, right. that's a good topic. Actually,
1: yeah, cool topic. So we, we can talk about this forever, but we want to keep these uh, these nice short. and short. So, yeah, there are some elements we'll touch on other episodes. But for now,
0: let's call it a day. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we do this. Uh, it's a labor of love. It's not paid. So we don't have any sponsors. So if you want to support us, subscribe, comment, or share this with somebody who could benefit from this. We'd really appreciate this.
1: Thank you. See you next time.
0: Rock and roll.